This episode of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Mary Morton. Mary was a lifelong Spurs fan, regular on the show, and most of all, a good friend. She's gone, but will never be forgotten. It's episode one, season three of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name is Jav. Welcome back to all our existing listeners, and welcome to any new listeners who are listening to this podcast for the first time. Um, joining me this week, first episode episode of this season, Mark Stoll from California. Hello there. And Greg Taylor from Brazil. Boataji to the mundo. Right, how, how are we all? Um, have you all had a good summer? Um, yeah, well, it's winter definitely. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark had better ask that one because it's it's winter here. So we better yeah. answer that. Yeah, it's it's been a decent summer. It's been a bit of a nightmare the last couple of weeks. The temperatures range between 95 and 105 and it's been pretty unrelenting. So it's been a very hot summer. But it's start, starting to cool off in the evenings a bit. So... And how how have we been all coping without any Spurs over the summer? Have you all been busy catching Pokemon Go? Um, oh or, no! Or, nope. Good. Um, <laughs> Mark, it's you... only just arrived in Brazil. Actually, it arrived late here, um, and even if I wanted to, I've I've got a Windows phone, so I can't play it. But I, I don't have any real interest in it anyway. Mark, have you dab- dabbled in those fine arts? <laughs> no, no. Pokemon can go fuck itself. Far as I'm concerned, not for me. Um, not for me. We should perhaps. Are talk- you, Jack? No, I'm almost certainly not. Um, it had to be explained <laughs> to me what it was. Um, that's how um, out of touch I am. Um, uh, I suppose we should touch upon the Euros. I don't really want to, um, other than it was pretty dismal watching watching England. Um, Anything that stood it wasn't out. a great tournament, that, really. The Copa America was a better tournament, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, I was more in, more interested in the Copa America. The Euros. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm English, so I kind of support England, but I don't hurt when they lose like I hurt when Tottenham lose. I'm nowhere near. Yeah. I suppose Wales' performance in the Euros was was something um, that was quite enjoyable watching watching their progress and 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 Iceland in a way. Yeah, um, I know we, we've got a tendency to like the plucky underdog and, and Iceland. Um, I, I tell you what, both teams, both of those teams personified what what football is, which is essentially a team sport, and they played as a team, and that's something which England failed to do. Um, uh, we played like. Uh, a collection of individuals that were lost and didn't recognise one another. Um, it was refreshing watching those those two teams, but otherwise, I think it was a disappointing um, tournament. I didn't watch because of the t- 
time zone, time difference, and whatnot. I didn't really get to watch much of the Copa America, but um, your boy Lamella, Greg, he he, <laughs> he did quite well. Oh, he 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 did great. I mean, he scored a couple of goals. Um, he he transferred the way he plays for Tottenham to how he trans how he plays for Argentina. Um, he was, I mean, he, he played in every match. Okay, often it was a sub, but, but he, he usually came on as first sub. Um, I think one of the games came on as second sub. But, I mean, he, he was great. And it's got to be great for his confidence as well, because now he's definitely a part of the setup. I mean, he was kind of a fringe player before. But now he's definitely a part of the setup, especially if Messi stays retired. You know, it's got to be good for Tottenham, that. Mm. Well, it is. We've we've seen him preseason. Yeah, yeah. He certainly. Um, I, I haven't watched much of the preseason, um, but I did did see highlights of the the the, the inter game, and he certainly looked very sharp in that game. Um, he looked uh, just looked very promising, and I and I and I, and I think that he will have a very good season for us this season. Oh, I reckon so as well. Yeah, he had a very good season last season. All you can ask from yeah. players is they, you know, over time they, they improve each season. So, fingers crossed that's going to happen with him and a few of our other players too. Well, he's he's like the personification of what Poch wants in a player now, isn't he? I mean, he's he's got the grit. He's, he's, um, he never lets go. Um, he's, he's unselfish. I mean, uh, uh, I, I watched... Well, I watched it late. I was a worker, so I couldn't watch the intermatch live. And I found it somewhere on YouTube. And, um, you know, he played well in that. And the last goal that Harrison scored, I mean, he could have gone for that himself. But he, he saw him out the corner of his eye, flipped the ball across, and Harrison scored. You know, he's, I, I just love him. I mean, I'll probably get a different name on a spare shirt if I buy one this summer. But, you know, he's on my last season's shirt. But I might go for Ali this time. Sheepskate. <laughs> well, because of the number of letters. <laughs> so, um, we had a... Well, as ever, we've got a number of questions which, which we'll um, go through later, later on in the podcast. But we had a question from... Um, which I'm, I'm going to address now. which from Zach Gasnola from Weymouth, um, who asked... Or he touched, touches upon um, how the season ended last season. And, and we don't want to dwell, dwell too much on that. Um and that final day, particularly, but um, he said, Poch, Pochettino sulked for two. Zach said, Pochettino sulked for two months. Um, how did others get over the horrific end of season? How raw are the wounds, or are they scabbing over now? Mark, I come to you first. <laughs> uh, what a real nice thing to talk about wounds scabbing over. Um, <laughs> um, to be quite honest, I just almost as soon as. As soon as it got, they got up to three goals, I, I'm pretty sure I just, I'm pretty sure I switched that game off, and I hadn't, done, I haven't switched a game off in a long time, and it was just, it was just embarrassing, I was disgusted by it, and I pretty much blanked it out, and I think it helps too that Newcastle aren't going to be in the same league as us this season as well. <laughs> as bad as it was that we we got stuffed by a relegated team, at least we don't have to kind of look at them and or go play them and be reminded of it too so it's just one of those things where the season was so positive you can't you can't let that get to you 
it it was bad, really bad, really disappointing how it affected. It just screwed up what we deserved because we absolutely deserved better. But it can't take away from all those other good performances, those other good wins and the excitement we got at the end of the day. So I'm over it. It just doesn't need to happen anytime soon again. <laughs> Greg, um, have you got got over that uh, end of season? Yeah, I, I got over it quite quickly, really, because we're good. And we know we're good, and we will be good this season as well. I mean, the, the last game, it's like Mark said, you know, I, I once it, it kind of got, ran away from us, there's no point in worrying about it. You just kind of hope, look forward to the match ending. Um, I didn't hurt so much at Newcastle beating us. I hurt more about us not finishing above the Gooners. That was more painful for me. But we got another chance this season, and I think we'll, I think we'll grab it this season. Even if we come third and they come fourth or something like that, or better still, well, not better still, I wanted to win the league, but if we came fourth and they came fifth, now that would be nice. But, uh, no, it's, it's a new season coming up now. You know, we've got a couple of new signings. Maybe we might get one or two more. Um, we've, got, we've got things to look forward to. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I had got, got over it until Zach um, mentioned it. Um, <laughs> question. No, I think it's, it's one of those things. It's, you know, as you say, it's a, it's a new season and, and that's it. And there's no point, no point looking back. Um, I'm glad that that the there was an article I think somewhere in the in the, in the, middle, in the middle of this week where um, Maurizio had, had referred to the fact that he was angry with the players and he could kill every single one of them that he was that angry and, yeah. and although it, it it unfortunately reminded us reminded us once again of, of that that match um, the nice thing was the fact that it meant so much to him um, not from a, you know he's not a Tottenham fan let's face it but he's a He's a professional. He's a very he's he's manager at Tottenham Hotspur, and and he's very professional professional in his outlook. Um, and for him for him to have come out and said, you know, he was that angry. Um, you wouldn't expect, I suppose, anything less. But it's 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 refreshing that that it meant a lot to him. Um, I suppose and maybe this is being a bit harsh, but maybe for some of the players, I don't know, maybe they were looking at it and they were thinking, well, we've already qualified for the Champions League. We've got the Euros around the corner. Um, we've got our summer holidays. Maybe some of them took their um, foot, foot, off the br- foot, foot off the gas pedal. I don't know. Um, I'd like to think not. But if that was the case, then um, then Mauricio will bring them down to earth and and, uh, and really lead from the front and, and um, let them know that it that it does matter and it does matter to the fans. Um, so this this is going to be the last season at White Hart Lane, and, I'm, and I'm, I've no doubt that over the course of this season, on on all the podcasts that, that, that we do, um, we'll talk to various people about um, uh, guests about you know, uh, and I'm sure there'll be questions around it as well about White Hart Lane and and what it means to us. Um, I appreciate the. Both of you guys um, are not living in the UK at the, at, <laughs> at, at, at the moment, and and um, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm sure you've got um, feelings and, and views on, on on what that means. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're nostalgic. Maybe you're quite happy that we're look, moving into a new, new stadium. Um, 
Greg, how, how do you feel last season at White Hart Lane? Well, I feel for those of the of you that go regularly, um, as you said, I mean, I, I, I live all the way across the uh, South Atlantic now, so I don't get a chance to go. I've only ever been once in my life anyway. Um, that was to a match, FC Bruges, I think it was, and we won 3-1. And um, who scored? Robbie Keane scored. Berbatov and somebody else. Can't remember. Anyway, um, yeah, so obviously I, I don't have the same attachment to it as, as a lot of you do. Um, and I've, I've, I've got a kind of strange situation here because the, where I live in Brazil, we had, a, we had an old stadium called the Fontinova, and um, it was demolished. Um, it had to be demolished, actually, due to an unfortunate accident where, where part of it collapsed and nine um, supporters were killed. But because um, of the World Cup especially, there was a brand sparkling new stadium built. And it is really beautiful. Tim Vickery reckons it's one of the best ones he's seen. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that the fans are hopefully going to love the new stadium as well. Because it is going to be spank, sparkling new. It is going to be bigger than the Gooners stadium as well. Um, and... I, I just think we, we have to progress forward. We have to move forward anyway. I mean, I used to live in Pompey, and I, you've probably been to Fratton Road, Jabbard. I don't know, but pff, what a shithole that is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, White Hart Lane is not, there's nothing like that, but it did need an upgrade. And for Tottenham to progress, not just as a club, I know we see it as a, just a football club, it's a business as well, it's an entity. It needs to keep up with the, with the Joneses, as it were. You know, we, we, we've got to move forward. We've got to have this new stadium to match our, our potential. So, yeah, I've, I, I feel for the fans who've been there regularly. For me personally, I just look forward. I think it's a good, good move. Mark, are you feeling nostalgic um, or looking forward? Is there a tear in your eye? And there's lots of, lots of pic pictures... That Doing the rounds on social media, showing the showing White Hart Lane and and the demolition in the northeast corner, um, with, just making way out, as I understand for the foundations for, for the new stadium, and 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 that's going to reduce the capacity to to four thousand. Um, every time those pictures are posted on social media, there's, there's lots of, sort of emojis, people doing emojis with a tear in their eye. Do, do you feel sad or? Excited? What's the? Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm one of those kind of people that doesn't really. I don't really get excited or upset or worried about things until they actually happen. If you know what I mean. Um, the daily pictures kind of bores the tits off me. I'll be honest. It's like, okay, yeah. well, well, is this is is this a spot the difference to see what are we trying to check in and see what works actually be done since yesterday? Is this a comparison? But you know, I'm not there, so obviously, I, you know, there's people in a way different position to me that have been going for years, and it will mean a lot to them. I mean, my personal my personal opinion is, I think I think I'd feel worse. <clears throat> If the new stadium was somewhere else, at least it's the, it's in the same place. And you know, if it was 
another part of Tottenham somewhere else, then I I, th- I would feel more inclined to to not be so uh, happy about it. But like Greg says, it, it needs to be done, and we need the capacity. We can generate more money, and it's literally right next door. So hopefully, all the the good juju travels over with it, and <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's a yeah, and and maybe it gets rid of some of the bad shit too. So, yeah. fifteen minutes into the into the first pod of this season, and we get the word juju in. Um, yeah, uh, well, I, you know, we're full <laughs> of it. <laughs> I am um, much much like much like yourself, really. I I I think the fact that 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 the new stadium is right next door, pretty much to. White Hart Lane. It it couldn't be any closer, other than if it was exactly on the same same spot. Um, that's for me. That's good enough. If we were moving, dare I say, it, if we were playing at the Olympic Stadium, and I know that was looked at a few years ago, even if we were playing, I don't know, the other side of the high roads. Um, yep, it's still in the same area, but this couldn't be any closer to White Hart Lane. This is, I'm pretty sure, and I'm sure somebody will correct me, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time there's been a stadium redevelopment for a club side in English football in the last, I don't know, quarter of a century, whereby um, the, um, the, the the stadium is pretty, pretty much on the uh, same location. You know, uh, our our um, neighbours from North London, they their new stadium is isn't exactly close to um, the, the the previous one, close to the to to, to, to the library. Um, Reading, for example, when they went into a new stadium, that's now somewhere off the M4. Um, so I'm I'm to be honest. I think it'll be. Uh, it's also, as you said, Mark. I think it'll be once it actually happens. Then it might be a bit sad. Then it's like, oh, okay. And I think it'll be weird next season playing a full season away from um, away from Tottenham. That'll be strange. But I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a fantastic stadium. It's going to be the best stadium in the country. Um, so um, bring it on. Um, I'm I'm more more for the change. I think it's, it's a good thing. Um, as a follow-up from that, we had a question from um, Zayden Al-Zabadi uh, who asks, what's going on with the ticketing situation um, and also particularly the Champions League ticket? So um, just briefly um, to explain to uh, yourselves or, or people who maybe are outside the, outside of the UK and, and don't go to, to Spurs regularly, um, up until last season, um, for home matches, you would, um, mem- if you weren't a season ticket holder, you would apply for tickets, and there was a window on a Monday and a Tuesday um, for a particular given match, and you'd go online and you'd, you'd have to wait and wait and wait, and, and eventually you would, um, you'd get through, or, or maybe not get through, as, as the case may be. Um, and for away matches, it was just based on loyalty points. Um, the this season, because of the reduced capacity, um, it, with that uh, building work in the, in the northeast and and f- sort of four thousand, um, I believe they're all, all, all four four thousand season ticket holders being displaced. They've been moved elsewhere, so that's put pressure on 
on on on say bronze and lily white members and you've also got the fact that it's our final season at white Hart lane and the team's doing really well so demand's quite high so um they changed the ticketing system effectively for league matches for home matches where there's a balloting system so the idea was that um if you're if it's a category b or a c game i.e um that's two-thirds of the home matches anybody but Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham, uh, Man City, Liverpool, anybody but those teams, um, you there's a larger application window and there isn't this sort of jumping on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, going online, trying to queue for a t- ticket and waiting and waiting and then eventually not getting a ticket or any, ending in disappointment. Um, there's a balloting system, um, which means it's complete luck of the draw. So effectively, somebody could have built up lots of loyalty points and gone regularly to White Hart Lane and they might miss out on a ticket and somebody that's never been before might get a ticket. Now that's pissed off a lot of fans. Um, but the reason the club did that was because it's the final season at White Hart Lane and they felt that everybody needs to be given a chance. So that's why we, they've introduced the balloting system. Um, I know it's not ideal, um, but I don't know what the club could have done differently. If they kept the previous system, then it would have been it would have meant that you'd just be waiting and waiting online, which is painful um particularly when the tickets normally go on sale at 9 30 on a monday morning and most people are at work at that at that time for the category a a matches it's done on loyalty points so that's that with that they're trying to ensure that for example the last north london derby um or the last match at white Hart lane the people that have regularly gone can get those tickets so it's it's that's done on points much the same way that the away games are um champions league matches um, so they're at Wembley, as we know. Um, that's a, actually a throwback to the old system. So people, earlier this week, I think Wednesday, the, the tickets went on sale, and you would, no ballots, no loyalty points, you just go on and go online, or you call the ticket office and you try to buy a ticket. But because the demand was so high, although lots, and there were some really good packages, like I think it was 70 or 80 quid for, for three of the group matches, which works out to about... I've done the math correctly, 24 or £26, something like that, when you throw in the admin cost per game. That's pretty good for a Champions League match. Um, that was the old-fashioned way. So there were lots of people phoning in. Um, I was stuck at work, um, and I was online for about... I went online at about 9.20. The tickets went on sale at 10. Um, at 1 o'clock, I was still waiting and staring at the, f- the Wheel of Doom, as it's called, and waiting and waiting to get through. Um, and eventually, I'm... Try to. I called up on the twenty something on another occasion of, of trying to get through, and and I was successful, and I got some t- got some tickets. So, um, it's it's not an ideal situation. You read on social media, lots of people whinging, but it's it's going to be tough to, to to get a ticket this 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 season. And you know, some of that's driven by our success. Some of that that is driven by the fact that. Um, there were only so many seats this season at Wild Lane, um, but that's that's. Where, where we are. And I know Zayden had, had a follow-up question around further availability for Champions League tickets. So as I understand it, um, a whole load was, was sold on earlier this week, but there are still plenty available, but they'll be released as a future date after the draw for the Champions League, League is made on the 25th of August, once we know who the opposition is. Um, so that's ticketing. Mark, just... Before we were before we started the pod, you and I were chatting, and we talked. We were talking about um, comings and goings this summer, 
Um, but actually, mm-hmm. we weren't really talking about players coming in. We'll, we'll discuss this, discuss that a bit later. But in terms of players going out, um, you made a really good point that none of the none of the star players, your Larises, your Hugo's, uh, sorry, your Larises, your Canes, your Tongans and so forth, Lamellas, um, none of them have been, apart from the fact they're still here, none of them have been linked with any moves away from the club, which is quite refreshing. That must be the first time in a very long time. Yeah, I have, you know, I was just, just thinking about it the other day. It's, it is really refreshing. There's been no bullshit speculation about our players at all. No, nothing I have to worry about at all so far. I mean, we've still got some time to go, but. Generally, by now, there's all kinds of rumours. Like I said, I expected, I expected rumours about Kane, Larice, Dembele. You know, maybe a, a little one about Ali as well. There was there was a little one about Dyer and Bayern Munich, but that got squashed real quick. And so, to me, that says a hell of a lot about where we're at and how other teams view us. That, that they're not even they're not even putting those feelers out there or chancing their arm, so it seems. So that's a good thing. We're still still changing perceptions of us and changing as a club, it seems. And the the players are actually coming out and saying, you know, that they're not interested in going anywhere either. I mean, Lamella, he he said, you know, why do the media keep on, end of every season, why do they keep on thinking that I'm going to go somewhere? I'm happy where I am. Um, you know, they're, they're all doing that. It, it's set for Ericsson. I mean, he's, he's a bit of a quiet lad anyway, but it would be nice for him to say, we're just ironing out the final details of the contract or something, and, I'll be ver- and I will almost certainly be signing soon. He, he doesn't give anything away, does he? He did, he did say something earlier on in the summer when they started linking him, and he just come out and said, my my agent, something about his agent, and he just came out and said, my agent yeah. never said this, this is all lies. And that was it. But I'm, I'm not worried. I think if anybody was interested in him, they would have shown their faces by now. Mm. In terms of players, um, we'll talk about in- incomings in the second half of the pod, but in terms of players leaving, so... Um, Spazio, sorry, Fazio, um, he's been loaned out. Pritchard has been sold. Um, yeah. Clinton and G, we'll come to him in a minute, because Mark, you, you had strong feelings about that. Um, and Bentalab, um, uh, he's surplus to requirements, which is a shame because I can't say his name anymore in, in future <laughs> podcasts. You never could say his name I could, anymore. I never could, <laughs> no. You won't be corrected anymore, will you? No. Um, that, and I think, so all four of those players, two of which already on, on their way out will be at Fazio it's a loan move and I think and Inji will, will come to in a minute um, they pretty much uh, Maurizio Pochettino said that, that they don't figure in his plan so they, they've all been moved on now I I could be wrong about this but I've got a feeling that um, it's just my opinion that Mason and Chadley who, who weren't mentioned in that sentence and who featured in, in the um in our games in Australia, I have a feeling that just because they weren't mentioned and they featured doesn't mean to say that, say that they will be here. Um, and I can see possibly if they don't, if they're not deemed surplus requirements in the summer, then I, 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 I would envisage they would go in January. That's just my personal opinion, but we shall see how that pans out. 
Well, I, I don't get the impression that they're looking to sell Chadley. Mm. Um, but if somebody shows interest, comes in with a decent offer, yeah. they might consider it. Um, that's the feeling I get about him. Yeah, yeah. Mason, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know about that. Maybe Poch sees something that, that the rest of us don't. You know, I mean, I, I, I can see when he's doing the good things, but I can see a lot, a lot of things that we could maybe find someone who, who did, did things better as well. Um, but as I say, Chadley, I think, I think, I think he's in Poch's plans, but he's not, he's not in concrete, you know, he's, he's not concreted in. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm, I'd be happy for us to get rid of Chadley. I've never been a fan of Chadley. I think we, we've moved on. We've moved on and he's not good enough for us. We stepped up another level last season and it showed when he played, even though he got a few little goals here and there. But there's also a lot of games where we were struggling and he came on as a sub and it was like he'd been playing, you know, he'd been struggling along with the other players the whole match. He didn't make a difference. Um, I'm not fussed about him. I, I think maybe, I think with Chadley, it's more of a case of we're waiting to get somebody else mm. in before we sell him. Yep. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to sell him, but it's it's based on getting somebody else in. Yeah, no, I, and then I, he'll go. I agree. agree. Um, and and Clinton and G Mark, you've got strong feelings on. on that yeah, one. I'm. I'm. I know he's he's somebody that divides opinion and G, but I actually liked him for the. Very few occasions we saw him. I mean, he, he set out that goal for Lamella in the City game. Um, he played a Euro game with uh, Onoma, played as well, I remember, and he worked his socks off and was all over the pitch and looked real impressive. He's, you know, he's been unlucky with injury, but he seemed happy to be at the club and, and in and around all the other players. And... This this kid that we're looking at, I mean, I've only seen clips of him, but he looks he looks more raw than Clinton did before he came to us. And it seems like we spent a year getting getting and G up to up to par or to you know understand his his role and the our philosophy, mm. and we're going to scrap it all and start afresh with somebody new and. This, I don't know, this kid just doesn't look as accomplished to me. He looks like he looks more like a Townsend type of player, somebody that's gonna get the ball, is gonna wanna run with it and he could be one of those frustrating players. I mean I could be wrong, but it just to me we didn't see enough of Clinton, in my view, to just drop him. And yeah, I know it's a lone move, but it's a lone move with a view to a permanent switch. It will be. I mean I can't. I can't see him coming back. So I, I, it disappoints me. Yeah, I can only see one of two things. One, that the, the lad that we signed, that we're being linked with, George, George's Kevin, and Kundu. However you pronounce that? Um, we'll go with that. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Georgie boy. Um, he's he must be the best thing since sliced bread to the point at which we're willing to. To ship out um, and G uh, just to get him in, or um, or and that NG wasn't um, Maurizio's number one choice anyway when we signed him 
last season and it was more a question of he was available and we needed an attacking player so he's not too disheartened that we're let, letting him go um, that's my that's the only thing I can, I well, can I think, assume I think, I think he made the squad you know even straight after injury he got on the bench and and he was he played enough that for me I think Poch did one but maybe maybe Poch just, want, Poch just wants this guy so bad that he's, yeah, and, and Marseille are saying this is the only way we'll get it done. And, you know, he's weighed it up and that's what he wants to do. So, Well, yeah, I, I, I can't think along the same lines as, as Mark does. I mean, I like NG, or Clinton, it's easy to say Clint, isn't it? I, li- I like him. I, I, I think he could do well. I was surprised that... Um, you know that they're teeing him up to go out on loan, but I think it might be telling that it's on loan, because if Poch didn't want him, I mean Poch is ruthless. He's a ruthless fucker, you know. I mean, look at Pritchard. Oh, yeah, okay, you're not in the plans. Off you go. Um, when every all the fans were thinking, you know, this could be his Pritchard's chance, you know, but he's not in Poch's plans. Poch, Poch is, is is a very ruthless manager, which is what we need as well as being a nice bloke and all the other attributes he has. And I, I, don't, I think if he didn't ha- still have any interest in, in Clint, he'd sell him. Um, I mean, it, it's, it, it is tricky. I mean, I, I don't know anything about this, this, this other new guy. You know, I can only go by what, what I hear, or, you know, like, like Mark just said, you know, what Mark, Mark knows a little bit, well, he knows more about him than I do, actually. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really make that much sense. I, I had a feeling that this this coming season might be a, a breakout season, if you will, for Clint. But if he's not going to be with us, you know, that's not going to happen, is it? it? It's very confusing. It's very strange. Uh, we, we, the other thing is, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he's homesick, for, um, for all we know. There could, there could no, be he, some... He didn't actually want to leave Tottenham. He wasn't interested. No, he, no he, he's already said he, he, he was interested in, in staying with Spurs. No, he was he was coming out saying I'm raring to go. I've been training my ass yeah. off. I'm 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 chomping at the bit to get going at Tottenham this season. He said that you know not too long before all this stuff came around. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, in the second half of the podcast, we'll we'll go through more questions from listeners. Um, but before we do, here's Bex for the first time this season with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hello people, it's Bex back to update you all whether you like it or not on the ladies team um, and their, whatever they're up to this season. They don't officially start the season until August the 28th when their opening game is against Swindon Town. However, they have been playing some pre-season friendlies as you would expect. Excitingly, earlier this week they beat Arsenal ladies 4-3 which is always welcome despite the fact that the team themselves don't consider Arsenal as main rivals. They, uh, that was the development team. Um, Arsenal play in the Women's Super League, so obviously even their development team is a higher standard than Spurs ladies are used to, so it was good for them to get a win. Today, which is Sunday, August the 7th, they played Watford at Chesson with a five o'clock kickoff. The game was drawn 3-0 with goals coming from Kelly Blancheflower, Katie O'Leary and new signing from Charlton ladies, Nikita Winnett. So it's all looking good on the ladies' front. I will be back next week to give you any exciting news on any other friendlies that they manage to squeeze in between now and the start of the season. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, you know who I am. I am on Twitter as at BunchesBex. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Um, 
before we do questions, let's look at our next game or our first game of this season, which is Everton next um, next Saturday um, at Goodison Park. Um, so Everton's got a new manager, Ronald Koeman. Um, the last time we faced a Ronald Koeman team, um, we lost penultimate game of last season, unfortunately. Um, how do you guys see that one? Predictions? Well, if it had been Coleman at Southampton, I'd have actually been more worried about it. I'm, I'm not too worried about Everton, especially after seeing this Inter game. I mean, I, I know it was a friendly, but it was nice to see us playing as a unit again and getting six goals, of course. That was fantastic. But it was just nice to watch us because we're, we were playing again like we were for most of last season. So that, that's a good omen. Um, Everton, I mean, new manager syndrome, maybe it'll help and maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I think, where, where is it? Is it our place or their place? It's their place, isn't it? Is it their place? I reckon we'll either snatch it by one goal or we'll get a draw. I don't, I don't think we're going to lose this one. Okay. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. I don't. I, I'm pretty confident we won't lose. And um, you know, Kuman for me is a, is a little bit of a myth. I think I think he's going to get found out at Evan. I don't think they're getting what they're expecting. I think the the Southampton scouting network and the setup since Poch and Mitchell were there has carried over a fair bit for Kuman. And as much as as much as Southampton had some great games and some very good wins against big teams last season. They also lost a lot of games they shouldn't have lost. I think I actually think they should have been up in that battle for fourth place, really. And, you know, Koeman's gone there. He hasn't really done a lot so far. I mean, they bought that um, guy, or I don't know how you say his name, from Villa. He's actually a decent player that I wouldn't have minded us picking up as a squad player. Um, but other than that, they haven't really done a lot. You know, and I... I'm wondering whether they're going to end up end up losing. They could end up losing Stones and Lukaku right before this game too. Who knows? Um, but I would be happy with happy with a point. You know, away game, first game of the season. I'd be happy with that. And otherwise, you know, a win would be really good. But if we get a win, I'd like it just to be a nice, comfortable win. I don't want us to go out like we did against Dinter and blaze a bunch of goals and heap a bunch of pressure on us or start raising expectations even more. Just a nice, solid, comfortable performance and I'll be happy. But I reckon I reckon it'll either be 1-1 one, one, one or 2-0. I'm going 2-0 to us. 2-0. I'll take that right now. Um I think it's going to be. It's, it's always a difficult game at, at Goodison. Um, and apart from, I think it was the season before last when we went there on the final day of the season and won one nil. Um, I think it will end in a stalemate. I'm going to go with one all. Um, that way, if it's anything more, then I'll be pleasantly um, surprised or unhappy um, and not disappointed. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take. I'll, to be honest, I'll take one all. I mean, if, if you think last season, first game of the season at Old Trafford, and we we played really well and we got nothing, um, I'd I'd take a point in the first game. Um, that's yeah. I th- I think one all. 
I think one all. I mean, I want us to win. As I said, if we win, I think it will be narrow, but I think one all is quite likely. Right, so we've got some questions. Um, David Pips asks, forecasts for this season, and realistically, what do you think we can achieve with all, all the new managers and big spending this year amongst the other teams around us and Chelsea? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, trying to predict is very difficult. Obviously, I can I can say what ideally what I'd like to happen rather than predict. Um, ideally, I'd like us to finish in the top four again. That's most important to me. I mean, getting into the Champions League, nobody comes into the Champions League and does brilliant right away. So the most important thing in Champions League is to continue to continue to qualify for it. That way, you can. You know, you can improve improve your squad and get more interest from better players and learn about the Champions League too. Um, in the Champions League, I just just don't want us to be embarrassed. I want our fans to have a, some exciting nights. If we can get through the group stage, then we've had a good we've had a good run, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the other cups, I'll be honest, I don't really give a shit about them anymore, <laughs> including the FA uh, Cup. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. They've yeah. just lost all value. I mean, if we, I only, I only really start getting interested in them if we like we reach the quarterfinals. And yeah, I'll start giving a shit about what's going on. But I'll watch the games more to hopefully see some players that aren't getting regularly in the team. I think. So yeah, finishing the top four and qualify for the Champions League again, and just not be embarrassed in the Champions League. That'll do for me. Okay, Greg. Uh, well, Mark said it all. Really, I mean, I totally, I agree with him completely, including the bit about the domestic cups. Um, I've never really seen the fascination with the FA Cup. Well, I, I tell a lie. I mean, when I was younger, I did, yeah, because there wasn't a lot else. But um, but now we've got the European competitions, you know, especially Champions League football. Now, if we get in the top four, so if we qualify again. Um, get out of the group stages of the Champions League, then uh, that that will be a good season for me. I'll be reasonably happy with that. You know, if we, of course, if we win one of the domestic cups, I'm not going to say, oh, you know. But uh, you know, I mean, I'd like us to win one of the cups. But if we, if we get knocked out, and if it in some way benefits our Champions League campaign or the league campaign, fair dues. I'll I'll, I'll take that sacrifice. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to drop into the Europa though. Either. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Screw yeah, that. There is that. Right. It's Champions League or nothing. I don't want to drop into the Europa. So that would. Sorry. That would only happen if we finish third in the group. Right. So. So either we're going to finish second or first and qualify for the next stage, or finish fourth. Yep. It's shit or bust. And and <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I. I yeah. I. I don't. A. I don't want those extra games. And B. I don't like that idea of teams, no. whoever it is. Yeah, totally wrong. Um, totally wrong. Yeah. No, it, it, it lessens the Europa League. It it basically says yeah. this is this is a secondary competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, much like yourselves, um, I have fallen out of love with the FA Cup. Um, it was great as a kid. Um, 
and then the older you get, you sort of you want to believe. I say you want to believe the bullshit. Yeah, you want to believe the bullshit. You want to believe the the, the myth, the mythology. You want to, but it becomes more and more difficult, and it doesn't help when it's moved from three p.m. on a Saturday to five, whatever it is, or, or and everything else that, that they've that they've done to it. Um, look, if we if we happen to win an FA Cup, or we happen to win whatever the League Cup is now sponsored by, is it the Capital One Cup? Uh, I, can't, I don't even know who's, who sponsors it anymore. Um, then fine, all well and good, it's a trophy. But even with that, um, there's a whole pl- playing at Wembley thing is going to be a bit strange because as exciting as, as it is next season, or through this season, playing Champions League games there and then next season playing all of her matches, um, part of the thing with Wembley was it's, it's a novelty. It's you know You get there, you get to a cup final and you play there. It's going to be yeah. strange playing a whole load of games at Wembley and then, if we did get to a cup final, don't get me wrong, but it'll it be a home game. Yeah, it'll be a home game, and it wouldn't be as special. But of course, of course, I'd take those trophies. But um, yeah, again, I should like yourselves. I, 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 I want us to give a good account of ourselves in the Champions League, um, not embarrass ourselves, and and that's it. If we are, if we're good enough to get into the top, into the last sixteen. Um, Either as winners or runners-up of our group, if if we're one of the best sixteen teams in Europe, and we've got the potential to to do that, then that's what I want us to do. If we're not there yet, then um, uh, so be it. It'll take some time. I'd be very surprised if we have a good a season in the Champions League as we did in our debut season. I think that took a lot of people by surprise. Um, was it five, six years ago? Six years ago, even. 2010 11 um so uh yeah if we give a good account of ourselves i'll be i'll be happy with that and um again i I don't want us if we can't if we don't qualify i'd rather we didn't fall into the um into the europa league as for the league um before i talk about us and where i'd like us to finish or where i think we'll finish um just on the teams around us um I think the biggest challenge, we talked about this off-air, Mark, and the biggest challenge I think will come from Liverpool um, because Klopp did quite well in his sort of first season and he didn't have a first full season. Now he's got pre-season behind him and um, I think a bit like Mauricio in his second season, I think Liverpool will will provide a very strong challenge um, and they will be quite formidable. I think a lot of the other clubs are in transition. uh, Leicester, I don't know what they're going to do, um, and I'm assuming there won't be another Leicester-type team this year. I mean, who knows? Um, I think United and Chelsea both will both be in transitional periods, but I think they will, they will nonetheless be stronger than they were last season, so that's going to make things more difficult. And I think City as well, I think they're going through a transitional period. Um, if they keep Aguero fit, then... There's no limit to what they can do, but they've got lots of other players there that really need to move on, and companies gets injured too often. So I think they'll they'll be in a um, state of flux. I think that um, the nomads probably will be there or thereabouts. Um, as for us, um, I might as well just say this now, and then people can shoot me down um, over the course of the season. <laughs> or the end. I think we're going to win the league. Um, that's it. I've said it there. 
it's on record. You said it uh, last season as well, didn't you? I did. Uh, I did towards the end of the season, toward, yeah, towards half, the half, end, yeah. or half, yeah. halfway through. I think certainly by by the new year, by about January, February. But early on in the season, I, I, I thought that we would finish top four, and I think in the autumn, I, I said that we'd finish third, which is where we did finish. But I, I really believed. Yeah. I really believed at one point. You know, sort of January, February, that, that there was no reason why we couldn't win win, win the league. But um... I'd love us to challenge again this season. That would be great, wouldn't it? Just just for the ride, you know. I mean, obviously, I want us to win. But even if we didn't win, just a challenge like we did last last season. It, it was it was so exciting for us and you. I, I think that the, the the trouble is, and I know that. We, some people just don't like making predictions because you can't and, and it's very difficult but if you put me on the spot I mean I've just come out and said yeah we're going to win, win win the league and that's a bit tongue in cheek I think we've got we're certainly capable of doing that do I actually believe we can do it honestly I don't know because I think there are so many unknowns I've mentioned all these teams being in yeah. transition but then there's also us yes we've got a stronger squad this season yes we've got another players are a little bit older and you know we we have got we did have a really young squad um uh, and, a, and a young team um but we've also got we'll also be playing at white hart lane where there will be 4000 less seats and there will be lots of fans that normally would sit say in the park lane or the shelf and would generate a lot of noise but those fans are going to be dispersed all over the stadium because of the t- ticketing situation so that will make for a strange atmosphere at white hart lane will that affect performances i don't know there, there are just too many unknowns so it might it might affect the uh, the number of koreans it, <laughs> <laughs> it might do it might do um right question from nick seal nick can, Arth- can i just say something first i don't know if you can hear it there but there's some music going now. Um, yep. It's not in my house. There's nothing I can do about it. So I hope it doesn't spoil anybody's enjoyment. It's good background music. I, I can't hear <laughs> it. Um, Nick Seal. Um, Nick was actually supposed to be um, on the pod today, um, but um, Nick's, Nick's on holiday. Um, he's he's on his on his boat um, in Greece, and he's he was all tanned up and and ready to to, to dial in. Um, but he had a few technical issues um, from Greece, so unfortunately Nick um, isn't with us. Um, and we also had a gentleman called Brian Campbell um, who was um, going to make his debut today, but um, he had a few technical issues, so he couldn't be with us. And Greg kindly, I should say, stepped in at very short notice, um, to which I'm very grateful for. Um, That's why I may be a babbling idiot this show, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to other shows. Well, maybe I'm a babbling idiot on other shows as well. I don't know. No, you're 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 a you're a pleasure to have on the podcast. Um, Nick Seal asks, how well do you think the new players will do this season? So Wanyama, Janssen, and uh, possibly Nkundu, as and when he arrives. Um, I think Wanyama, Wanyama should be fine. I think, you know, a lot of our filings were when <clears throat> Dembele wasn't around. And, we, you know, we had to replace of either Carroll or Mason. So he should he should give us that strength in, in midfield when when required and obviously we've got the situation where Dembele's banned anyway. So he should he should be fine. The only thing is is whether he gets um as long as he can stop getting a bunch of red cards, but I'm not worried about that. I think Pop 
Potts will get him in line. So I think he's going to be a good squad player. Important to us. Important to how we play. Um, Jansen, I've got very high hopes for. I think as soon as I saw saw footage of him playing, I, he was number one player I wanted us to buy. He's two-footed. He's strong on the ball. He's, he's going to fit in in a bunch of different places across the front of the pitch if necessary. And I think he could be our bird camp. I really do. I think he could be some player. So very, very excited for him. And as for Nkundu, Kevin, Prince, Johnny, whatever his triple barreled name is, uh, remains to be seen. Absolutely remains to be seen. But in comparison with having Clinton in there, I'm not too fussed. I'm not fussed if, if the deal breaks down and we get somebody else, to be quite honest. We'll see. And we were actually linked with um, a player called Silver earlier in the week from Braga. And I looked up footage of him and he looks really good. He looked, well, I mean, I know it's always Everybody looks good footage. on YouTube, though. Right. I know it's always YouTube footage and, and, and shitty music comes, you know, guaranteed, but... He looked like a, he looked like our kind of player. We should put together, uh, you know, we should put together a three. Mark, we should we should put together a video of our, of ourselves kicking a ball about and put it on YouTube, and then we put some put some crappy music, and I'm sure we'd look really good. Yeah, I doubt if you'll get signed though. <laughs> the wonders of ed- the wonders of video editing. <laughs> yeah, uh, he looked a decent player. He looked like he was he had vision and. Was a team player. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but then I looked at the footage of Nkundu and I wasn't impressed at all. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I still still think think that maybe we should look at replacing Fazio. Anyway, rather than rely rely on the youngsters, I don't know. I want to know what the hell happened with Fazio. Anyway, I mean, how the hell did he end up at Roma and? And how much did Roma pay that flash mob to come and greet him at the airport like they were excited about him coming? <laughs> what's, um, what's, what's Baldini doing these days? Has he gone back to Roma? Maybe he's gone back to I Roma so. and, and maybe he's, he's recommended um, Fazio to, to yeah. them. Who knows? Um, Greg, quick thoughts on, on our new signings? Yeah, Wanyama, I think he'll, he'll, he'll do fine. I think we needed somebody a bit tougher in the middle for when Dembele and um, Dyer, for example, can't can't play. Um, I think he's he's got the same aggression as them. You know? A bit like Deli Ali, though, he needs to temper his aggression. You know, use it positively rather than react to things. Um, Jansen, I, I I think that's excellent. I mean, from what I saw of him in the preseason, I didn't look at him on uh, YouTube or anything, but from what I saw of him preseason, he seems quite good. He seems um, he, he doesn't mind getting stuck in. Um, he, he he played well with Harry Kane yesterday, um, and the thing is, it gives us another dimension, doesn't it? It means that if Potch wants to play two up front, he can because he said this before we even bought anybody. He said he said that when when I buy a striker, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be Harry or the new striker. He said it gives me a chance if there will be games, maybe when I play two up front, and. If we've got somebody who's 
You can obviously know knows where the net is, although I know we said that about Soldado. But he he does know where the net is. Um, and as long as he doesn't do a Soldado, I, I, th I think he'll be very good. I, I'm looking forward to maybe seeing uh, Marcus Edwards come on as well in, in some maybe, maybe cup games or something like that. Because I really I know we didn't see much of him in preseason. I really loved what I did see. It was it was like a little messy, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying he's as good as Messi, but it was like a little messy. Well, he signed a new contract, so that, and that was good, and, and, yeah, and, he, yeah, and he featured exactly. in, in the yeah. preseason games. Um, for me, yeah, Banyama, known quantity. Um, Janssen, what I've seen of him, albeit on YouTube and 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 the game against Inter, he look, looks like a good. Good, good addition. The centre back thing, um, like you, Mark, that that concerns me. The fact that we don't have any cover for Fazio, because as it is, we're going to go into the season with Vertonghen injured, so Vimmer's going to play with Alderweireld. But then there's no cover after that. The cover effectively is Dyer dropping back to play a centre back, or possibly Wanyama. That's that's uh, Maurizio said that himself. Um, and whilst Dyer can play as a centre back, and whilst last season. It, when we did that, we didn't have the other option, and now we've got the option of Wanyama. Um, we don't have Musa for the first few games of the season, so effectively it's going to be, I would imagine, it'd be um, Wanyama and Dyer playing in central midfield. And if one of them had to drop back, if, you know, heaven forbid, uh, Toby had an injury, then you lose that player in midfield. So I would I would like us to buy a centre-back, but um, Maurizio... Maybe, is... Poch, maybe Poch thinks that Carter, Vigor, Carter Vickers can... Can come in and do a, do a, a job. I was going to say, I think possibly that's that's what he's looking at. Yeah, I think so. Um, right. Let's see what have we got. Um, George. Okay, so we've got a question from Ali Hassan who asks: um, Will we sign George Kevin? And couldn't do with we've, we've already sort of touched upon that and um another one from Zach there's no there's no about and couldn't do did he get stuck on the circle line on the way to sign for us? Is this the longest medical since Jesus rolled a stone back allegedly um yeah we've we've sort of touched upon that I guess that will happen when it happens um well it's, it's been held up by a, a regime change has it at uh yeah. Right. Yeah, it's been held up by a regime change there. You you got you guys come in. The coach says, "Okay, we need a replacement before we can go anywhere." And they ha and they haven't been able to get the replacement. I mean, this is where all the, all the, the juggling act with with Clinton's come into it. You know, I'm, I I just I'm just trying to ignore it now and if it happens it happens. Okay. Um question from Jess Nichol. Um Jess asks, "How good can Ali become?" He can well, be. I, oh he can be the best midfielder we've got. The country's got if he keeps keeps improving every season. I think the, the world is, is his oyster. Um, exactly. I mean, I <laughs> I tell people here that they could be looking at like a like a, a, a new Messi, maybe because he's got the talent. It just it's just a case of whether he can keep going, whether he can keep developing forward. Because he's got the skill, he's got the, he's got the, the the bottle. I mean, that goal against Crystal Palace, you know, he had to have nerve to do that as well, you know. Um, 
I think he, I'm not saying he will be as good as Messi, but he could go towards in that direction. I'm, I, I think, as you said, the world is, is his complete oyster. I think he, he, he can really become good things. I just hope that we hold on to him. Mm. Well, I think that as long as we're, we're su- su- successful, then I think that obviously we stand a best chance of holding on to him. I think that he's at the right club. He's certainly got the right manager um, to help him develop and to help him keep his feet on the ground. Um, I, I know sometimes it can be dangerous to make comparisons with, with players of years gone by. Yeah. But if we're going to do... We're going to make a comparison between an English football footballer and a midfield player. I would say in the last twenty years or so, fifteen twenty years, one of the best English midfield players has been Paul Scholes. Um, I think that from a technical point of view and from skill level, I think that he he's absolutely world class to the point where I remember back in. The Euros in 2000, when England did were quite poor and France went on to win that tournament, Zidane was spoke very highly of, of Scholes, and, it, and, it, and he's one of those players that professionals, fellow professionals, speak very highly of. I would yeah. I would say that that Dyer can be something between a crossbreed of Paul Scholes and Steven Gerrard. I think he's got the skill of a of a um, of somebody like Scholes. Um, not in the same way. I think he's got more. Well, I mean, Skulls could pick out a pass. Um, Is this Dyer or Ali? So, sorry, about? you said um, Dyer. But... I said Dyer. Um, Ali, I meant. Well, Dyer's yeah. another. Well, you could arguably say that these two are going to boss England's yeah. mid- midfield for 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 for, for, the, for the next decade. Hopefully, um, sorry, Ali. Ali's got got skill level. I think of for Paul, Paul Skulls, but he's also got to me the athleticism and the energy of Steven Gerrard and his pomp. So I think he can be as good as those two players. Um, I'm not saying he's... I can't compare him to either one of them because he's very different, but I think he's got some of their attributes and, and I think that him and Eric Dyer um, can dominate the England midfield for, for, and, the, and the Tottenham midfield but, but um, for the next five to ten years. Um, I if, think. You, if, you, if, I, if, if you told me I could buy any... You know, if you told me I had a choice of buying Pogba or Ali, I would take Ali all yeah. day long. Pogba is the most overrated player I've seen for a long time. There's so many better midfielders than him out playing right now. Like Koke um, Afleco is head and shoulders above Pogba. I just don't understand what the fuss is with this guy. I really don't. But Ali's got the potential to be better than Pogba. And trying to compare him with other players is really difficult. I mean, because he's more, you know, he's got the kind of languid style of, say, Vieira. But he's, and he's got the bite of Vieira, but he's a little bit more attacking than Vieira was. So he's, he's, he's a combination of a bunch of players. Yeah, I know that's, that's why I, I tried to use the analogy of two three different players but arguably two very good yeah. English midfield players um, on, on Pogba yeah but he was I, I wasn't too impressed with him in the Euros I just got the impression he was trying too hard and he reminds me in some ways maybe not with his attitude but he reminds me of different position but Balotelli in a sense there was a lot of hype around Bel- Balotelli there's a lot of hype around Pogba but then you, you start you watch the games and you think really is he really that good 
he's got he's he comes across to me on the pitch as very arrogant and and really got ideas above his station. I saw him like screaming at the other players like like he was the captain or some shit. I I don't care for him at all, and I don't think he's gonna gonna be this great player. He's not gonna. He's not worth that money. He's he's worth forty million tops, and that's and that price is based on potential more than where he's currently at. As for as for Dyer, he just needs to be our captain. Yeah, we need to make him our captain this season, as far as I'm concerned. Totally Unfortunately, Kane's in front of him, it seems, because of previous. But I don't think I think Kane. Don't think Kane has the ego where he would complain. I think the Dyer just exudes captain. I think I'm the only one that, um, going back to sort of previous podcast last season, I seem to be the only one that likes the idea of Lloris. I was quite happy with Lloris to be our skipper. I'm not too fussed that. Oh no, he's should no be good outfield. as a skipper. He's no good. No good at all. When when. When it was all going off in that Chelsea game, mm. where was our skipper? Yeah. You know, where was our leader? Where was our skipper? I mean, I know he's a goalkeeper, yeah. but there was plenty of occasions where he could have come out and been played his role, and he didn't. He's, he's not a good captain for me. Well, the, the, there is that. Sometimes they say that there's a club captain and a team captain, and it could mm. be that... That Larice is the club captain, the senior figure that that can represent the club, and perhaps you need a team captain, um, the person who has the, the, the skipper's armband, and yeah, arguably that could be somebody out, an outfield player. Um, for me, though, the only thing is, <laughs> you need a team of leaders. Just because you've got the, got the skipper's armband, it shouldn't mean that that you're the default person that people look to. Um, if you know, you need vocal figures. I don't. I don't think it necessarily denotes whether the fact that you've got the skipper's armband is um, the most important thing. But that's just my opinion. Um, final, final, final two questions. Um, apologies for not a couple. I, I haven't had the time to read, but hopefully we'll look at it next week. Um, Ali Hassan asks, "Why do I love Spurs so much?" Because it's in your DNA. Why do we love Spurs? So why, much does, why does he? Why does he? But I suppose it could be applicable to any one Spurs fan, for any one of us. So, um, I, but to answer Ali, it's in your DNA. You were born to support yeah. Spurs. Yeah. You got good taste. Yeah. Um, okay. Final question. So, um, question on Twitter from. Um, uh, at ASD the brand that's ASD from the Echoes of Glory um, Tottenham podcast fan of the show um, ASD asks um, if everyone every one Spurs player suddenly turned into a pet what would they be and why? Well I've I've already said I've already compared Lamella to a, a terrier before because of his attitude and his, and his, his never-let-go attitude. He's like a little terrier nipping at your heels. Um, so that would be Lamella. Loris, maybe a French poodle, just because he's French. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a difficult one. and I'll, I'll let Mark and yourself say a few more, and then if I, if I think of anything, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with it. 
Um, well, Dyer would probably be a cat because he's pretty much got that goes about his business, does what he wants kind of stuff and doesn't really show too much emotion a lot of the time, especially when he's kicking the shit out of Hazard. I, I like that about him. Um, Kane, I don't know. I was trying to think with Kane. It would have to be some kind of ma- animal that's always got his mouth wide open. <laughs> a, dog, a dog of some sort? Um. Yeah, dog with really... With it would be a Pekingese, uh, wouldn't it? Because their faces are so scrunched and that they they have to have their mouth open all the time. I think. There you go. There you go. It'd be a Pekingese. Um, or is that a Pug? One of them two, anyway. Pug, yeah. Um, Yan. I don't know. Yan would be something. Just he's like something that's cool and calm, and I don't know. It's a tough question. Yeah. Um, Ericsson would be, it's not really a pet, Ericsson would be a hedgehog, because of the hair, obviously. Um, but you don't, nobody, nobody, nobody keeps hedgehogs as pets. Um, or a lemming. <laughs> a lemming, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, again, another one, but this is not a pet, really, but an animal. Um, Toby would be a peacock, um, for obvious reasons, because of his hair, and he's just sort of out there there's it's a, a pub pet isn't it sorry a peacock some pubs some pubs have peacocks in their garden so it's a pub pet okay um <laughs> Maurizio what, what pet would Maurizio be um a sheepdog because he, he's looking after the fold after the, the flock yep yep um yeah it's a difficult one um might keep that question and and read it in a future future pod um, because I think it's a it's a good question which is just a bit difficult to to come up with with with, with answers. Um, right. Um, and on that note, um, thank you, Mark, as ever. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Greg, as ever, and particularly for stepping in at short notice. Uh, you're welcome, mate. As I said before, you know, I'm a podcast horse, so <laughs> if I can do it, I'll do it. <laughs> Um, we're recording the next pod next Sunday. I hope to have a new voice making their debut on the pod, um, all things being equal. Um, and otherwise, um, as ever, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.